0: You know, I had such a great time on Freaky that I wanted to do another one of these kind of slasher mashups, quite frankly. And I always wanted to do a Christmas movie. I love Christmas. I love Christmas horror. So I I knew I wanted to do, I I remember at the time going, I want to write a Christmas horror movie right now. Um, It was during the middle of the pandemic. There was a lot of downtime. And then I said, well, I also want to do this. What if I just did them together? Did like a genre mashup and i love it's a wonderful life and it naturally clicked to me like that's the movie i wanted to kind of take and slasherify slasherify and then quickly had like a story that i thought was worth telling so that i went to my producer on freaky adam hendrix who produced with jason blum We became good friends on that movie. So I called him and I said, hey, I have this idea. What do you think? And I kind of ran it by him. And I said, also, I'm calling it It's a Wonderful Knife. And he just was like, you you fucking asshole. Like, yes, let's do this. You know what? I've I've learned in this industry right now with the way things are. It's hard to sell a pitch unless it's part of an IP. So I said, I'm just going to write it. I'll, I'll write it. I don't care if I don't get paid for writing it. I'll write it right now. So I did. I just wrote it.
1: Welcome to Speak All Evil, the podcast you were warned about. I'm Trent. You're with Kevin, Kat, and Dave. Hello. 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 Hi. Follow us on Instagram at Speak All Evil Pod. Sunday, December 17th, having a little Christmas party film screening VHS swap at George and Leon's in Westbrook, Maine. I'm going to start at 3 o'clock with a VHS tape swap. We're going to show the movie Jack Frost.
2: your favorite
1: snowman slasher at Mm -hmm. 5 o'clock. And then at 7 o'clock, we're going to watch Christmas Evil, a classic that we might still be talking about later this month. Everybody's been getting their Christmas picks together. Uh, That's going to be a lot of fun. Thanks, Logan. We never did get to uh, get together on Halloween, and uh, so we're going to make this happen. What's a VHS swap? People who if you have some VHS tapes if you're a collector of VHS tapes i know Logan of Georgia Leons is you bring your tapes that you might want to trade for some other person's tapes it's like a like baseball card swap. Is there
3: some yeah. like underground aspect to it though, like gonna, where yeah. like you slide something in the sleeve? I'm make and my own. Yeah, bridges. is there like an underground aspect to <laughs> this know. that I need to like research on the dark web beforehand?
1: You would have to ask Logan that. I get maybe it's just a drug. Is it a drug thing? Could be just, <laughs>
2: it's cocaine. Not, it's, it's just not cocaine. A drug This is
1: an event. This is no, we're a drug drug having thing.
2: fun. It's gonna be fun. It's not a drug thing. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Uh, Sunday December 17th this will be the last time we get to uh, mention that so yeah. you want to hang out it's going to be a lot of fun I'm really looking forward to it I think I'm, it'll be I'm fun am in holiday mode it's
2: yeah. tis the season Nick literally Christmas. won't let me watch anything that's not Christmas related at this point horror, so. I'm all or Christmas otherwise. Yeah. Yeah, I've like gone all <laughs> Christmas
3: or just horror
2: uh, I mean, I sneak in the horror Christmas, but it has to be Christmas adjacent yeah. uh, for it to be playing in the house. Apparently, right. so
1: I, I'm in full holiday horror mode myself. Follow mm-hmm. me on Twitter at trentipede if you want oh. to see my Christmas playlist. I've been, I've got a thread going. If you guys ever are on the web, you is know what X the thread is,
2: or is it threads? Whatever
1: it is, okay. I'm on here, and, and I, I'm doing a thread okay. of all my Christmas watches. Now I'm about five. I think five movies in, and uh, seeing some great stuff, seeing some interesting stuff, seeing a couple movies from this week. What's at the top of your list? Uh, well, so, so far, far, Black Christmas 1974 has mm-hmm. been mm-hmm. my favorite mm-hmm. thing I've seen, although I did watch a Charlie Brown Christmas.: Oh, And they're, they're pretty neck and neck, but as <laughs> wow. far as our world goes, so far, Black what about Christmas. a Star
3: Wars Christmas?
1: Don't care about that at Ooh, all.:
2: I saw that once at a bar.
1: Or, like, so, um, Bar Wars Christmas. Shut up. All <laughs> right. True. Shut up. This week, it's Kevin's Christmas Picks. Aww. Yeah. All right.
2: Kevin! What? Pick a
1: gift. <laughs> yep. Yeah. We've got something old, We've got something new. Yeah. Let's start with a brand new Shudder exclusive. Actually, this played for a very short time. It was at a local theater, and I missed it. only played for like a week. But you can now watch on Shudder a movie called
2: It's a Wonderful Knife. Winnie's life is less than wonderful one year after saving her town from a psychotic killer on Christmas Eve. When she wishes she was never born, she finds herself magically transported to a nightmarish parallel universe. With the murderous maniac now back, she must team up with a misfit to identify the culprit and get back to her own reality.
3: All right. None of us had ever seen this. Mm -hmm.
2: Mm -hmm.
3: I went in just as blind as you guys Backpedaling already. No.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
3: I love this. Ooh. I really like this. I mean, I, it was going to take a lot for me to not like this because I am also in holiday mode. So I've got a whole lot of good faith going into yes, exactly. into these into the season and into these movies. I also am a huge fan of Michael Kennedy's work that he did with Christopher Landon on Freaky. I thought that that was great. I'm shocked that we haven't covered that on the show yet. I'll rectify that at some point after the new year. And Tyler McIntyre, the director of this, I was super interesting to see how he would take a very modern holiday slasher movie because his filmography is really cool. I mean, he did a great segment of VHS 99. He did that Tragedy Girls movie from a few years ago. He, I think both of the, the writer and the director are pretty young guys, kind of up and coming in the world. And then give me Justin Long all day long, throw in some Catherine Isabel, uh, and it, again, it would take a lot for me to not speak kindly of this movie. So Kat set up the premise, and if the title didn't give it away, it's just a modern slasher riff on It's a Wonderful Life. I think, and maybe maybe I'm being too festive, but when we talk about some of these sort of, you know, the, the homages, you've got... A, a, one of the most beloved holiday films of all time, if not one of the most beloved films of all time, and It's a Wonderful Life. And then you've got a director that's really playing to 90s. He's throwing a lot back yeah. there. Yeah. For me, sometimes I can watch that stuff and get really eye but I don't know. For some reason, that the, the writing, the directing of this movie, all of the nods and the wink-winks actually pulled at my heartstrings and made me feel properly nostalgic. I at no point was like, oh, my God, dude. Like, that's so obvious. I loved the uh, I Know What You Did Last Christmas on the theater marquee. I loved the the whole play on the Scream 2 scene when they have to walk over the killer when he's passed out at the bottom of the stairs. Like, they had to climb over Ghostface in the car. I liked a lot of that stuff. I thought the kills in this were really, really good. But I think that one thing that is happening in, in modern horror movies is... The first couple kills are really good and inventive, and then it just gets like a little too stabby. It's like, okay, we'll come mm. up with some inventive kills, and then we got to move this along. So we're just gonna have some some knife action happening. I thought it was pretty funny, and it actually did get like a lot deeper and crossed a lot of, or covered a lot of ground that I didn't expect a movie like this to cover. I, I expected this to be much more lighthearted than it ultimately ended up being. I think this is great. It, it, it's right up there with the happy death days, the freakies, a lot of what's happening with modern modern slashers and and like I said, it, it pays a ton of homage to just a, a, an era that I am from and know and love.
4: Um, I, I started watching this um, at the gym. <laughs> oh And I was watching the beginning of this just to kind of check it out. and I stopped it. Because I was like, oh, my God, I've done four minutes on this treadmill. I'm out of here. <laughs> and I go to Caitlin. You should watch this with me tonight. It looks like a good movie. Justin Long. I really didn't think this movie could fail. And I do like those movies. H- Happy Death Day and the Black Christmas remake I liked. this. Uh, reminded me of th- that a little bit. I don't, I don't think you liked that.
3: No, you didn't. I just re-listened no, to that none episode. Of us,
1: we all hated it. I, there's internet proof it. that you well, are I, lying. I,
4: that, was better than, <laughs> that was better than this.
2: Oh! <laughs> oh <snap. laughs>
4: yeah, I did. It's. I mean, it's an on-the-nose tribute to an era of movies that I don't revere at all. So it's like, I don't really care about that. Oh, I know you did last summer. That movie sucks and is stupid. And was a time when I was like, fuck, nothing good is out. That's the kind of horror person i was at that time i didn't like any of those movies and as far as like the killer being exactly like Ghost the face. scream thing like
2: <laughs> the scream thing
4: this kind of movie just does not do it for me i i, and I did see that it was just totally like you guys' sauce i know all day long it's christmas you love christmas it's uh defacing some wonderful piece of art it's why are you
2: looking at me this is not my pick uh, you
1: just told us you've never seen it's a wonderful
2: life how are you defacing something you've never seen
4: no i said i hadn't seen the wizard of oz no no i I, I hadn't i hadn't seen this either though i just didn't love it Uh, i thought that the story was a little like weird in the middle and how everything went down i didn't even notice the point where it kind of changes to the alternate reality that is, you know, a wonderful life. Right. That part, I thought, was like kind of like glazed over a little bit. And fuck the ending. The ending, even if I love the rest of the movie, fuck that ending.
0: Wow.
4: It's just so sunny and, and gross. And then the music kicks. Ugh. ugh Trent, go.
1: <laughs> I enjoyed this one. I no, you did. I didn't. <laughs>
4: He's so
1: disappointed in you. <laughs> I mean, you I, I, okay. When you say- you're, I thought you were my friend. <laughs> when you say your guys' sauce, or it's your sauce, to scream. be clear, you're talking about Cat Kevin. killer. Yeah. You're talking about Cat Kevin. Not my, was, this is not I my sauce. toward them, yeah. but they can't It's not that. my sauce. This is not my sauce. No, I was talking to these guys, yeah. because it's Scream. We were talking last-
4: Couple weeks ago, it's a a cheap
1: scream knockoff with a holiday twist that just, for me, works. I wasn't skeptical going in. I love Justin Long, and I think one of the highlights of this to me was watching Justin Long become a true character actor. He's so good in this. He plays Waters, the evil industrialist who's trying to buy up the town. We've seen it a hundred times. That's a classic horror trope. There's always an evil industrialist Christmas trying Carol, to buy like, up the town. Also yeah. a classic Christmas thing. So th- that's a common, I think, to both genres. You always have that. And he's so good in that role. I truly forgot I was watching Justin Long. I thought I was watching this guy Waters. So, you know, initially, before the the gag kicks in, I was thinking, watching this, I was thinking, you know, one reason that these modern throwback slashers don't really work for me is that part of the the fun for me of the old slashers is that they are hokey we talked about this a little bit with um the beast within not a slasher but early 80s there's something so hokey about it and in the the hokeyness of the film goes along with the production value it's it's kind of it's just all ridiculous and so that makes it fun and some of those old slashers are really they're more fun for me as an archeological piece of this puzzle. It's not that I think they're great movies. So when you have a modern version, I'm looking at something with with modern production and it, I'm just like, God, oh, this is so dumb. I, I It doesn't work for me. But then once the It's a Wonderful Life gag kicks in, and I love that movie, I love the original. I'm a sucker for the Christmas movies. You know, I like all that stuff. Once they do that, it's just like, okay, I mean, this is just, it's it's fully committed. It commits itself to this is going to be a Christmas horror movie. And it's in the tradition, not only of horror, but it's in the tradition of Christmas film. And it does that thing where she goes to the universe where she's never been born. And it sticks to that the whole way. And I thought it was really fun. I mean, the killer is way too ghost-faced, like you said. Whatever, that's fine. <laughs> it, it it works totally fine. Um, he's dressed as the angel and the town is Angel Falls get it uh, I don't know, all that stuff is going on i thought it was good there are plenty of things that were dumb some of the lighting choices really strange in this movie and some of the stuff i don't know a little bit amateurish i'm really getting um sensitive to we've talked about this before the sound of knives yeah in, in <laughs> modern film once you hear it, once you hear how ridiculous it sounds when somebody gets stabbed, it's hard to unhear it for the rest. Or of Or just the movie. somebody
3: like waves a knife through the air, and <laughs> yeah, it sounds like, like they're sharpening <laughs> on, like the <laughs> biggest like you know sharpening tool that yeah, exists in the world. That
1: was a little hard to unhear, but all in all, I-, I thought this was really good, man. If you're looking for a brisk, breezy, I mean, somewhat family fun type of horror movie. I think you could do a lot worse, and I've already seen worse this season than this movie. So I I would endorse It's a Wonderful Knife.
2: I think I'm split a little on this one. Mm. I wouldn't say I had high hopes going into it in terms of substance, I will say. But, you know, I thought it would be a fun and spooky modern retelling of the classic Christmas movie that my mom just really loves. I think I was correct in what I thought would happen. But it had just really, really lame moments (laughs) throughout this movie.
1: What were some? Take me through some of the lame moments you thought. I'm just interested because I, whether I thought they were lame. Okay.
2: The weird. Um. Once we're in this alternate reality that she's in, then like she's talking with her dad, and then he's up there and he's like, "I only have a son," and I don't know. It just all seemed very lame to me. There were no plot points. That I seemed super interested in. Because it was all just like this weird like retelling of this old story. There were a lot of um, gory moments in this movie. But I thought a lot of them were like very CGI based. You know what I mean? Like I thought some of them were very predictable. Like right off the bat I liked the electrocution situation. That was really cool. And then like you get like a a slip throat from the guy from x-files which i was super into i would say this is like a it's definitely a gen z is that where we're on now gen z's yeah it's a gen z film like melodrama
4: i think it's i think you think that it's pandering to gen z i do I, think I, that because i felt but like I, that
1: you, th- oh, you thought it was pandering that's kind
4: pandering of what i felt and so, social media stuff and like i don't know
3: we had a very similar conversation about the black christmas remake Yes. Where we felt these like are a it lot was of the complaints that beating us over the head with some about social conversation.
1: Yeah. I thought this did it much better than that.
3: But. Yeah, me too. I mean, and honestly, I didn't see some of it coming.
4: I've realized a little bit why. See, you were talking about how you watch all these Christmas movies, or in the Christmas thing and everything. Yeah. And the the ones I like the best are the ones that ruin Christmas, that are like completely juxtaposed to what Christmas is supposed to be. And this was just too
1: too much of a family ending. The ending was so yeah. But the That's movie really that it's paying yeah.
3: tribute to,
1: it's interesting the idea that it's on the one hand it's too Gen Z and too social media, but then on the other hand you're saying it's too traditional, it's too family. Those aren't both. two things that I would think of as I would think of those as being sort of well,
4: it seems like opposite a generic each other. Movie, it, it's kind formula. of a little bit of both. It's a generic movie formula that has, which all generic movies have, things of the times. Things that are pressing socially and that is sprinkled through this even more so than it, it was in Black Christmas. But I didn't really find that to be a thing that annoyed me that much. But I, the thing that did annoy me is just, I, I guess it's really the ending. I just exclaimed at the end. But
1: that—but that's what happens at the end of a Christmas right. movie. You, that's the whole idea of the movie was to reverse... It was a it was a fake world that she ended up in. So then, you, but, when you successfully reverse the fake world, and then you you know you get back to the and then oh my god! And then you're what thankful. If, what what if day Jason, is it, sir? But what, what if Jason came mistakes, out of the- I'll take that ham in the window, sir. You know that's <laughs> you know that's kind of the thing,
4: right? Or maybe Jason jumps out of the fucking lake at the end. <laughs> Do I ask for much here? I mean, it's just a zippity doo ass <laughs> movie. I don't know a
3: lot of the cast. Like, we mentioned Justin Long and Catherine Isabel, who's a very small part of the movie. Joel McHale shows up, which we know him on the show from Becky. But again, another like person that cut their teeth in comedy. And then um, Cassandra Noud from Influencer that we just talked about. Trent. Yes, I was she surprised to see her this. show up. The yeah. rest of the cast I don't really know. I'm assuming nope. that they're probably from some of you know TV shows and things that are happening now. But Weirdo, the character Weirdo, Bernie. Yeah. Did anyone watch Full House and not get like a mad was Kimmy, that... Kimmy Gibbler vibe from Weirdo? Wow, yeah. Weirdo? That's
1: exactly, Is that that's not her, is it? No.
3: but No. Uh, by, no, of course but not. She looks
1: very similar yeah, now that you mentioned, young, it. I thought actress. she looked familiar and I think that's it. It
3: was Kimmy Gibbler vibes. Basically. Yeah,
1: totally Kimmy
3: Gibbler. <laughs> but a lot of the stuff that you're talking about too, Dave, that bugs you, that's on purpose. Like, I never knew that the Ghostface costume was supposed to be white. So they did that on purpose. In oh,
1: this. I didn't know that either.
3: They made him look like Ghostface, and they did all of that on purpose because
1: the original Ghostface was going to was be white. Was supposed to be a
3: white costume, and they didn't oh. think it looked scary enough. And it's funny you mentioned the lighting in this because that's one of the reasons that they changed it for Scream is for like lighting and some of those purposes. Right. I did notice that too, Trent. That this movie is oddly lit for it having is. so much production
1: value. And it, well, I think well, I think part of it is once she's in the. The alternate world that she's asked to go back to the lighting obviously goes way down because everybody it was very funny to me like like, okay once she's in the alternate world she goes to the party that she was already at in real life and everyone at the party is smoking crack and the front lawn is filled with shopping carts and stuff and there's graffiti on the walls you know what was a a kind of a middle-class joyous kind of very um family i mean family friendly but kids are like they're doing in the in the first party she goes to they're taking weed gummies and when she goes back in the alternate world when she no longer exists they're smoking crack and everybody's got hollowed eyes i didn't notice that yeah. you didn't notice that, <laughs> I, didn't notice that? <laughs> I didn't
3: notice that they were smoking crack <laughs> oh, oh that
1: was so funny she's like what are you guys doing oh he's he just it's some crank that was so the guy that was doing gummies at the first crank party. is meth I'm sorry. I mean, I don't know. Crank, crack, meth. I mean, I'm not up to speed on that stuff. So, well, okay, so, so what
4: about the, the whole public execution scene? That was that one of the corniest wild.
1: things ever, I thought.
4: Yeah. Everyone is, like, hypnotized. It's
3: an alternate reality. Zombie people, though, right?
4: Yeah. They, it's, a, it's a dream state, essentially. It's
1: basically a dream state. Because she got so drunk. I don't know. I mean, if you've seen the original It's a Wonderful Life, that's what happens. He, well, he I'm the odd he, man he, out. On that right, so in that movie, so. he ends up. He's going to throw himself off the bridge. He's he's broke. He's got nothing. He wishes he'd never been born. And then what happens is then he sees what the world would be like if he never existed, and it's not so right. good. And he through the movie finds out that actually it's better that he exists than not. If you know, to boil it down to the least. Uh, when Connie was really really little, I remember she
4: explained to me a horror a Christmas movie that she had watched at her mom's house. And she was like, "Yeah, this is suicidal guy who's talking to the moon, talking to an alien on the moon, or something like that." <laughs> I think and that's then, the one. Yeah, and then uh, he com- he's like a zombie the rest of the time, and and I was like, "I think you're thinking of a Christmas Carol kind of, but uh, that's no Christmas movie I've ever heard of." And then I, I forgot because you know even if you haven't seen It's a Wonderful Life, it's everywhere. It's a Cards so, uh, and Christmas, so whatever. So. That's
1: why to me, that's why it works. That it's so ridiculous. Some of the things that happen in the alternate universe, it is kind of a dream scenario. And so, yeah, I thought the public execution of the deputy there was I don't, I, that was good. <laughs> yeah. I think if that had been in the Prowler or something, I'd be like, wow, that's cool. And then he's you know gets hung up the you know, yeah 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 that, that part of it
4: was was okay.
1: I love the uh, the to me a classic scene the murder right outside the window at the party where everyone's inside hanging out and somebody's getting brutally murdered right outside the window in full view. If anybody just turned to look, they would see it. But instead, it, they're in front of the window and it's just all happening behind them and the blood even at the end splashes all over the window and nobody sees it. That, that's classic stuff.
3: Yeah, that could have happened at any high school party we were at.
1: True. Could happen right now. <laughs> Another great moment in uh, overdone sound design I did think when when Winnie bites the killer's arm did you notice the crunch sound he's like got her by the neck and she bites into his arm and it's the the biting equivalent of the knife is like this really loud pronounced crunch The
3: knife stuff we've we've Silly. talked about it a lot on yeah. this show and it the, was And
1: this really takes it to the limit. It yeah.
3: does. And like I said it does get a little bit like Cat mentioned just repetitive really sped up kills and it takes away from like the electrocution's great the candy cane in the beginning kill is great I was kind of hoping that they would continue like Christmas type
4: kills throughout right. the movie instead oh, the of like the candy well, cane kill that was it's great the fir- it's That's the first one. one it's fantastic yeah. yeah I have no gripe with any of the kills in this I thought the I thought the special effects actually looked kind of good but look at me cat. I'm really sorry that I suggested this might be your sauce I feel, you know, I feel. I feel bad because you're over there quiet. You didn't even like this movie. I yeah, I like uh, some of it. And you know. Trent is over here like so he's getting paid for it. <laughs>
2: yeah, good for him. You know. Trent's there got were...
4: a
3: YouTube channel now. The I background don't... is Listen, all posters of come, this movie. See, to be
1: clear, to compare this movie to Happy Death Day is incredibly generous. It's no Happy Death Day. I think no, that's no, gone no, way too I, far. But, I love that movie, but it's in that. But it's in that vein. Yes. Yeah.
3: And and even getting a little bit overdone, like when you, within the span of like six, seven, eight years, have Happy Death Day, a sequel, you have Freaky, now you have this. Like, uh, yeah. I think Kennedy's next movie is like called Time Cut, <laughs> so I can only oh, imagine really? that it's going to also have some sort of a a jump or a yeah. a time change, like you know, body swap, time change, whatever. I'm a sucker for that type of stuff, but <clears throat> it's a shtick. Maybe, yeah, maybe it's being a little bit overdone.
2: It just didn't give me the um, the I don't know the the butterflies in my tummy. Well, you that said some do, you know, you like said like I freaky, was
3: expecting spooky. This is yeah. not a scary movie.
2: It's not. It's not at all. And the, it's you know, it's got like the kills, which are fun. But like I said, like a lot of them are. I would say a, a good portion of them for me were very predictable. Like I knew that all of a sudden he was gonna. You know, I couldn't predict the candy cane. I'm not a crazy person, but. You know, just like around every corner, and then if there's like a silence, then it's always going to pop up. And then there were some plot points that I was a little confused about. At the end, the weirdo
3: remembered,
2: remembered, but no one else remembered the alternate. I'm like, it's it's just like Mm. random things that I was just that didn't make it come full circle for me. It was like random. Weird things that didn't make me like freaky. I loved freaky. Thought that was great. I'd too. watched that like a billion fucking times because I felt like it hit it checked all the boxes. It was campy. It was funny. It was, you know, meta in its own way. But then it also, like, you know, was gory and like all this stuff where it's like, this one checked some of the boxes but it never made the full circle for me and when I think when I'm saying it's like lame I just mean like it's like very melodramatic. Like it's very, you know, like my boyfriend doesn't like me. Uh, like, OK, join the club, bud. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> but then like she's like, oh, it's, they've been cheating for a year and they're so happy to get. I don't know. It's like all these weird like. Yeah, but then they teen say that this is
0: their third
1: anniversary. Yeah. So really, it's been long. Well, I guess if she was never born,
2: that's it. Doesn't. Uh, I don't know. It's just it didn't do it for me all the way. I didn't hate it. I didn't hate this movie. But I think in my brain, I was just very excited to have another,
1: another like, horror,
2: yeah, like a horror, Paradeal. like, remake, millennial moment.
3: One spoiler alert here. One thing that did not come full circle that I was shocked by. And I thought it was, I'm curious if there are other versions of the script. In the very beginning, the first dramatic thing that really happens is you mentioned X-Files, Smoking Man. Mm-hmm. He has a granddaughter that apparently is best friends with our main character here, Winnie. Yeah. And they get murdered. So those are the first two deaths. And those are the people that Henry Waters has to kill to sort of put his nefarious plan right. fully in motion. I was like, okay, she's going to come back from the alternate universe. And we're going to have some sort of like, she's reunited with Kara and Smoking Man's still alive, and Henry Waters doesn't get the house. No, they're just fucking dead in the first right. four minutes. That's right. it. Well, she didn't well, save
1: because she didn't save them. The I know, I know, I know that, but, right.
3: to, but to just to nail Kat's inconsistency point, Kimmy Gibbler still remembers everything. So like, th- they were playing fast and loose. You could have also, as she's yeah. running through town at the ending that Dave is so mad about, she could have just like easily passed
1: them like, Hi, no, they and, like, were on her way to Kimmy Gibbler's house. She like, wouldn't have though because they died before. Right. she didn't save them. She it's saved the Jimmy. That's the only Jimmy. reason Jimmy comes.
3: back. I'm well aware. I'm just saying. I feel I was like surprised at the the way that this movie played oh, with the rules. That they, right. I think they picked they and not, choose,
2: They picked and chose which right. rules they wanted to follow, and sure. I think that's kind of what irked it for me. Where I was like, "What the fuck?"
3: Well, you could have at least had like a thirty or a three second. Her running past their graves and being like, oh shit, I didn't save them. They're still dead.
2: Yeah. I don't well,
1: know. She looks at the picture, I think, on the wall. She's got the pictures of the friend there. It's been a while since I've not enjoyed
4: a horror movie with Justin Long in it. Hmm. What's a Scream Dude?
0: He's Is kind of a Scream King. Scream King. Scream Boy.
3: All right, my next pick this week as we roll into the holiday season is the 1995 Alex de la Iglesia Day of the Beast.
2: Determined to commit as many sins as possible to avert the birth of the Antichrist and the end of the world, a dedicated Catholic priest heads to Madrid after deciphering the code behind St. John's cryptic Book of Revelation. According to his calculations, the dark event will occur somewhere in the Spanish capital on Christmas Day, but time is slipping away from the ambitious cleric, who still needs to identify the beast's exact birthplace. As the father thinks outside the box, he soon teams up with two unlikely defenders an enthusiastic black metal aficionado and an Italian TV show host and connoisseur of the occult. Like it or not, the father must become an unrelenting sinner to foil the arch enemy's plans. But is there a glimmer of hope for humankind?
3: So I could only really get away with taking a De La Iglesia pick away from Dave <laughs> if it was a Christmas episode and I was trying to leave a little something under the tree for everybody. Oh, you're gifting it. Yep. Yeah, I'm, I'm re gifting. I wanted something obviously incredibly opposite from what I assumed It's a Wonderful Knife would be, which is what we just talked about. And this is about as far away from that type of movie as you can get. I also think that of all of De La Iglesias' movies, it's interesting to me that this is one of his earlier ones, because he always nails social commentary, horror, and comedy. And this... To me, he balances them the best in this in this film. Out of the out of the ones in his filmography that I've seen, this is, this is the one that kind of like strikes a chord with all of it. Very, very different. Uh, I love the three amigos aspect. Kat set it up perfectly. You just end up with this priest that you meet, and you fall in love with him instantly. The performance is outstanding. And then you get the metal head, and then the I guess, a preacher on TV, but he's just doing the whole cult thing. I'll tell you your future. We've psychic. all seen it's that a, scam. It's a TV the, psychic. Yeah, the a TV preacher. psychic guy. But when the three of them get together, it's a tour de force. And it does have your classic horror moments um, sprinkled throughout. You get some good gore. Uh, but to me, overall, this has everything that I need in a non-family-friendly like family-friendly or light-hearted Christmas movie. You have all of, like, the knocks on theology. You have a whole bunch of knocks differently than It's a Wonderful knife does on, like, capitalism and classism, industrialization, like, all of this. Uh, And then I will say that there's a documentary on this that I just discovered today called Heirs of the Beast, which you can find on YouTube. And... I think one thing that I realized watching that documentary is that really puts you back into like the culture of filmmaking that was happening at the time that De La Iglesia made this. And it also brings you even more importantly into the culture of Madrid at the time and where Spain sort of was in Europe kind of as a whole. And it made me enjoy watching and thinking about this movie without American eyes. I think sometimes at least I am guilty of watching some of these foreign classics with a very American lens. And so I not only appreciate this for how different of a Christmas horror movie it is, obviously appreciate De La Iglesia, but I really love uh, a lot of the culture that this movie um, brings up.
2: You know, I was pleasantly surprised at how much I enjoyed this movie. Wow. Whoa, it's right. crazy. We are in
3: an alternate universe it is, this week.
2: Half and half. It felt like a slapstick horror comedy to me. Uh, I was very into it. Right off the bat, as soon as like that cross fell onto the priest, mm. I was like, yep, this is." <laughs> I'm super ready for this movie. I do think my favorite moments in general... Were just the punches that happened in this movie because they were just like out of nowhere and they'd be like, Whoosh! like with the, the like uh, sound effects every single time. Just really into it. Really entertaining. The plot itself I thought was a hoot, you know, right away the father's like stealing shit, just being a dick. It's just like all very entertaining. And I like how it ended up kind of being like a buddy comedy. I would say an alternative title to this movie could have been The Three Stooges Save Christmas. (laughs) I was very into that. Dave did let me in on an English dub version on YouTube. And honestly, the voice actors for that version were very, very talented. And I think it really added to the humor of it for me. Very enjoyable. As enjoyable as the subtitled one, because obviously those actors are very good as well. I just loved everyone's performances. Everyone was very good at comedic delivery. That I guess I just wasn't expecting that. Whenever, I don't know, it's like whenever I think I, uh, a Spanish film having to do with the devil comes along. I'm like this is going to be fucking dark. I don't know about this. Um so it's just like super fun. I will say the metal dude was definitely my favorite character, not because of his moral uh, compass at all, but just because <laughs> he was always like making like these one-liners and like just punching people and like shooting the the sky and I don't know, it was just like really funny. Overall, very fun watch it caught me off guard for how much I I liked it. And, uh, it's centered around Christmas. So it was just a really, it was a really jolly good time. It was really great.
1: The three unwise men.
2: Oh, wow.
1: um, Sinning and winning. (laughs) We're going (laughs) to compare it to the great witching and bitching. Oh, which we talked about, um, episode two, maybe. Yeah. You know, I enjoyed this. It's great. It's fun for me, honestly, for De La Iglesia. I think this punches a little bit low. I, I enjoyed Witching and Bitching and Last Circus more than this. I thought, and and this is early, and I I, I think that's to me that is borne out and reflected. You know, it's zany, it's funny. I don't know. It, it was a little one note, honestly, to me. I just felt like once you got the gag, okay, the priest has to sin uh, his way to a deal with Satan, so he can find out where the Antichrist is being born. You know, it just seemed like it was a little bit kind of just a a, a repeating sequence of scenes where he's trying to... Sin and he sins in the the most marginal sort of just ways he can find you know stealing from a homeless guy on the street pushing a mime down the stairs uh, you know grabbing someone's suitcase <laughs> I liked when uh, he's called to do last rites on a on an accident on the side of the road the guy's like been burned and dying on his car and he just leans in and says to him I hope you rot in hell yeah. <laughs> he's trying to get it takes in. His trying to get in with Satan I loved when he goes to the you know the heavy metal record shop and. All of that, you know, it's a good time. This is everywhere right now. It's not just tubes like Plex, you name it, Pluto, any ad-supported site, you can watch this. As far as Christmas horror goes and Christmas-adjacent horror, um, this is certainly a good one. I don't know. I didn't love it for uh, Iglesia. I love this
4: movie. I think I watched this. You recommended it to me.
1: I think I watched it last year was when I first Yeah, or you said you were watching it, it and yeah. you liked it, um, but...
4: Um, I watched it then and I obviously rewatched it this week and I really loved it. I I think that it does right what was wrong for me in the other movie and, and what was wrong for you cat because I think that the social commentary is way more digestible through like comedy or like mm. dark humor. Yeah. And 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 this definitely has all of that and the you know Alex Angulo gives a it reminds me of like Roberto Benini Kind of vibe Or uh, He just does a, An amazing job He just has these Like kind eyes But he's doing all these Messed up things And even that they're Like just slightly messed up He's like giving it Kind of a valiant effort Especially for uh, A priest So He's like a Mr. Magoo Almost
0: Right Very <laughs> yeah. like Mr. Magoo Yeah
4: <laughs> And you know I love the Televangelistic uh, Psychic uh, He's all like, that just whole... like
1: Cleo He's like a yeah, Cleo exactly. character Yeah Yeah <laughs>
4: Uh, but he's always like trying to do like, you know, every week is a new gag to just string the the viewers along to watch, and he's always trying to do something. Uh, like I love the bad And people are always faking exorcisms in these yeah. movies, yeah. and I and I <laughs> like the the faking of the exorcism vibe. But yeah, I just overall love this. I I do find it to be, I mean, it's less grandiose and more uh, more understated than witching and bishing for certain and last circus is probably my favorite movie of his the part where they're on the seagram sign and they're like hanging oh man that was a great scene that reminds me of like the top of that huge structure at the end of the last circus and, and the two guys up there like struggling um but he definitely tells a story in a very cool way and it's always like a a linear story that's going through all these characters and it's just kind of touching upon some of the more mundane things in life that they're doing um, and that's kind of what makes it comedic and it makes it more real as he's telling this story so I didn't find it to be one tone or or, or too repetitive I liked all the different levels that they would go through I liked the backwards Satanic record <laughs> vibes. I love the incantation scene. I thought that was amazing. Um, they're like putting together this stuff that you don't think could possibly work um, because they don't. They're they're not going out and getting the exact things they need. They're like you know, makeshifting something out of like a colander or something. Yeah, I, I love this. I I think it's you know a bloody comedy. It's not really horror. It's yeah, not, never really scary. Um, and like I was saying, does the right things that the other one didn't do, I love this ending. It's more like ending. mundane <laughs> and like yeah. stupid. Um but it was still kind of a feel-good ending and it was still a Christmas time thing and I yeah. just left satisfied.
1: Yeah. You make a good point about some of the social commentary. And and I, I, I generally feel and I and I totally understand the the criticisms of uh, Wonderful Knife and I just kind of ignore it when I'm watching it didn't I don't know I didn't feel like it was confronting me that much but as a general rule I think it's a movie making first and commentary second whatever the commentary is you've got to interest me in the movie and you've got to make the best movie you can make and the commentary is like to me that's the you know the medicine and the sugar that's the thing that you're you're putting in the movie that's, that's not what the movie is. That you're not just coming out and, you know, you're trying to make a good movie first. And this definitely does that much more, I think, than, than the last movie, uh, for sure.
3: Well, and one of the things that they mentioned in the documentary that I would 100% agree with and probably subconsciously noted noticed, to just drive your point home, is he uses the city and the, 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 the landscape as a character. Yeah. And that helps things seep in. Definitely. Like they do a quick news story about uh, someone's lighting homeless people on fire and spray painting "Clean Up like Madrid." Clean up Madrid,
1: yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's yeah.
3: not like this big, overt, right? You know, portion. Right. It just kind of goes by. And like in "It's a Wonderful knife. for instance, you talked about how like all of a sudden she goes to the alternate universe. All of a sudden, you have to change the lighting, the tones, everything. Like the shopping the carts, baggy eyes are super like yeah. know, exaggerated. All of that stuff. Yes, this does use the backdrop of Europe and Madrid at the time as a, a very big big character in the movie.
4: There's a there's a man that is just naked grandpa and he just walks <laughs> naked grandpa. He just walks into the scene. Uh it doesn't really have much to do with anything other than just be sitting around with his dong hanging out. It said that he was just a guy in the neighborhood and he'd show up and that they caught him masturbating. Uh, on onset to, to, on to the girls, like at the girls. No. And they were all like, this was 96 that the documentary came yeah. out, and they were all laughing well, about it. Well, the movie it.
3: was made. The documentary was made in
4: 2016. Well, they were, they were far from being concerned about this man <laughs> just masturbating <laughs> yes. at them. They were just like, oh, silly man. Like, y- Europe is We went is to the director and vibe. asked him to
3: tell him to stop it.
4: <laughs> yeah, I know. But you ask him to stop masturbating. And then I think he even contested that or something. But I really like the making of this because when you were talking about uh, the landscape of the city and how they used it, they were doing that, searching for locations, and they were waiting for, like, permits for locations they wanted. Stuff was falling through. There was a place that was, like, run down that by the time they got approved to film there was, like, bought by someone else and gentrified. And, and it was, like, you know, so things were changing, and they were improvising around the city of Madrid for all these things. And it didn't seem like patchwork together like that. It seems very conceived um, yeah. when you watch it.
1: Yeah. I loved all the city scenes re- really put you there. It seems very authentic to me, having never been to Madrid, but just it doesn't seem cut up like that. Yeah.
3: Yeah. I think De La Iglesias, his filmography is really interesting. He's made a ton of stuff in the last like four or five years that I have not seen and dave we've talked about it like 30 coins on on hbo is getting rave reviews up to like three seasons i haven't really been able to get past one or two episodes haven't found like my hit my stride with that one yet but what we, what i have consumed i guess i would disagree trent i th- i actually think i like this a little bit more as one as a total piece of art than witching and bitching or the last circus I think maybe because the comedy hits hard. Like just you kind of like speed recapping a whole bunch of the comedic. I'm still laughing at them. Yeah. like it's it it's really funny to me, but not like it's not really supposed to be. You would never put this movie on, and think you're watching a comedy.
4: Well, it's like they it's like they tried to make a French movie. It, it looks to me like French cinema, and it's exaggerated and a little bit goofy. You know, and and a little absurd in, you know, premise. And maybe it's the beret. I don't know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, he, he sold the rights to this and was supposed to direct an American remake. And that fell through and never happened. He ended up making his first American movie was uh, Perdita Durango with Rosie Perez and Javier Barden. <gasps> which I haven't seen. Oh. Uh, about a pair of nihilistic killers. Have Javier. you seen
2: that? No. I have not.
1: Oh,
4: wait. I think I have.
2: Javier. I'm not sure.
4: But he
1: Uh, Javier was,
4: uh, they asked him to play the role of Alex and Hulo. Oh, I (gasps) can see that. Wow. Yeah.
2: I would have been so happy.
4: Well, uh,
3: (laughs) yeah, Alex and Hulo kind of kills it.
2: (laughs) I will say, you know, there were a lot of funny moments in this movie, but one of my favorite ones is when someone calls the hostel and uh, the woman answers and the person's like, hey, I want to, you know, get with the girls. She's like, this isn't a brothel. He's like, I know you got horse in there, basically. And then it ends with him being like, I want to talk to the horse. And then she like cuts, she just like hangs up. And in that moment, I knew that I thought this would be a funny movie.
4: <laughs> in that moment. The butcher scenes of the rabbits are pretty rough. I didn't like that part.
2: Mm, very I you know. tough. Gotta wonder
1: yeah. about that rabbit.
4: I don't, don't think
2: we? that I think this was PETA
1: it. approved. No, they ate that no. rabbit. <laughs> I liked when uh, when the priest and the heavy metal guy, they're in the cafe and they're watching, they first see or the priest sees the the show, the psychic TV show, the telemarketing psychic that they end up teaming up with. He says at one point, he says to, to the metal guy, the priest says, that's the first program I've ever seen. But he's never seen a TV show before. So of course he sees Miss Cleo and thinks that it's real. <laughs> he's so easily drawn in because he has no concept of culture just like when he's in the bookstore looking for this guy's book he Mm -hmm. just you know well he gets busted for
3: shoplifting and like the big overarching comedic point of the movie is that this guy has figured out when the antichrist is going to be born but that's it he has no idea there's nowhere right and so they're bumbling through the entire movie trying to figure that out but when he gets busted for shoplifting the book, he gives like a one minute like Da Vinci Code breakdown yeah, of how old, he figured
4: it out. Chalkboard
3: and, and like, all that. the nerd in me, I was like, I would love for that to be twenty more minutes of exposition, please.
4: <laughs> yeah, I liked how that a cryptogram. Ex- I liked how they did that exposition because I mean that I mean the shoplifting scene, other than him committing crimes and doing bad stuff, served really no purpose other than just have an exposition. With the dude who was from Witching and Bitching, the the guy, the store manager or whatever, yep. was the uh, I don't know the creepy dude in the bar <laughs> at Witching and Bitching.
1: Kind of reminded me there was a scene that reminded me of the blood on Satan's Claw, the way that Satan marks the, the kid. That there's an exorcism. The TV the TV guy does an, uh, an exorcism and he shows it on his program. And they're talking about the mark of the beast and the way it marks people. Very similar, I thought, to Blood on Saint's Claw. I wish there had been a little pelt of fake uh, hair on him. That would have been fun.
3: <laughs> yak hair. This movie is yak hair free, but it does have a black fill up.
1: I love the oh, goat. Oh, that was the so weird. The goat in this is awesome. It's and so I, weird. I do love how this movie, and I, you know, I know it's old, but it's somewhat obscure, I think, and if you haven't seen it, I don't want to spoil the end, but I like how this movie plays with your expectation of of what's real because the whole way, okay, you don't know if this priest is out of his mind or what. He's talking about, it's almost a conspiracy theory. He's talking about cryptograms and all this stuff. He's, you know, reminded me of Hill Hole. Remember when the guys in right, Hill Hole, right. oh, we figured it out We're, yeah. you know you we know are talking about. So it's kind of playing with that and then, when, you, when they first see Black Phillip, they're, you're like, wow, they're seeing. But then, oh, wait, they just all dropped acid. Yeah. They've, they've all done acid as part of the uh, it, ritual. Ti- and so it really plays with you. And then I thought at the end, I wasn't expecting the way it turned out. And it was pretty epic, pretty great ending to this. And then after that, after it gives you that, then it gives you like more... Oh, just this kind of buddy comedy thing. Where I mean, in the park. It, without that yeah.
3: tag along, tagged on ending, the yeah. entire third act is up for interpretation as to whether or
1: not it's just the acid they dropped. Right. Still. Right. Yeah. 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 Very good. Well, I know it's only. Uh, go ahead, Dave. I didn't have anything. Else. It, it's <laughs> only early December. This is our first um, Christmas episode of. A, got a couple more to go here. Already been some holiday squabbling. Mm. <laughs> this has already been like going to Christmas at uh, Grandpa's place or whatever. I mean, there's been some some political turmoil. I oh, don't know, trying to move along. But I wanted to make sure, Cat. I know you had some bullet points on the first movie we talked about. And you felt that I, gonna, I knocked you I'm off. I'm not
2: going to reread well, my I, bullet points. Why not? I, I, can just, I already talked about them. Okay. Fine.
1: You did, did you hit everything that you wanted to say about that? I mean, we did talk a lot uh,
4: through the whole break about that movie. We should have just kept
1: <laughs> I know, recording. that's what I said. Like, yeah, that's... if anybody wants to... We kind of got derailed. The party... Well... The aunt, did Fox News aunt, showed up. Oh, my
2: God. I'm good. Thanks. <laughs> Thank you. I love... This is a very holiday feel. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's a, very Yeah, because I'm just... I'm having a great time. It's an authentic holiday. Next week... I've got some Christmas picks. I'm going to go with Silent Night. Not the most recent one that came out, the 2023, but the 2021 film.
1: 2021 Silent Night. Yes. Okay,
2: not Violent Night. The one with Kira no. Knightley? Yes, Kevin. That Kira is correct. Silent Knightley? Yes. <laughs> um, That one, you know what? That one... Might be a rental for some, but it okay. is a AMC Plus um, situation All as right. well. So depending on whether or not you've used up your seven-day trials, uh, you can go back to that. Uh, second film would be Santa Sleigh, oh, starring Goldberg. I knew it. uh, it's going to be a wrestling uh, wrestling movie. Also a rental, unless oh, you were wait two VODs. Listen, it's Christmas. Better get some gift certificates. Yeah, <laughs> gonna stop it's it. going to be fine. If you have access to USA Network, you can watch this movie for free also. Is that, yeah, so, I already said I don't watch wrestling. Well, <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. It's Goldberg. Christmas. You watch these films and you'll like it. Thank you. Okay. <laughs>